Hello and welcome to Beyond the Screen. You know that when I'm laughing during the intro, it's going to be a good episode. This is the show on the Mercury Movie Blog Podcast feed where we talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. It's our own little radio show. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Sean, and I'm joined, as always, by one of my fellow hosts, Mike. Mike, how's it going? Yes, this is Beyond the Screen, by the way. You can't do the title of the damn show. You guys have me all riled up, but also... We are joined by a friend of mine. Uh, he is co-host on the new Mercury Movie Blog show, Game Over Screen. Brendan, hi, Brendan. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. Uh, I'm just yeah, not a problem. I'm just actually slowly taking over this entire thing. Yes, I'm just working my way into every podcast, and then I'm <laughs> from the inside. Yes, because uh, I've been on quite a few of these now. <laughs> uh, three of the like. Four or five that happened. Hey. So, uh, but there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. Uh, some backstory really quickly before we get into this. Sarah fell asleep. It is late. I don't blame her. So we have Brendan coming in clutch to be a third person on this show. Thank you so much, Brendan. I messaged yeah. you 30 minutes ago and I was like, hey, could you like be on a show yeah. tonight? That's what I do. I'm the professional third wheeler. I have a business card. <laughs> Can you please get an actual business card? Man? Thought about it. Um, <laughs> when I do, you'll get the first copies. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. So we usually start the show off by talking about what we've been watching and playing. Or Well, sometimes I talk about what I've been playing, but not, not anymore. Like, or Yes, because there's another show, Game Over Screen, on the Mark with the Movie Blog podcast feed that you can listen to if you want to hear <laughs> about that. Uh Usually we talk about what we've been like reading or watching or whatever. Sure. Um, so Brendan, I'm going to throw it to you first as you are the guest. Sure. What have you been like watching this week? I like how you didn't ask me what I've been reading because you know I don't read. Um, yes. So that's, that's a good uh, a good segue. Um, so recently, not really too much. I mean, obviously Clone Wars, of course. Um, yes, we'll talk about. Yeah. I actually just watched a Clint Eastwood movie tonight. Great, great stuff. Um, Outlaw Josie Wales. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, great that's, a, that's a classic. Oh, that's oh, yeah. good. Oh, yeah. I've got the box set with Outlaw Josie Wales, Pale Rider, Unforgiven. Ooh. Not Ooh. to mention, next to it, not collecting dust because I keep all of my DVDs in pristine condition, is the Magnum oh. Force collection with all of those great movies. Um, good oh, good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The VHS tape player collects the dust, um, but which is a crime in itself. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, other than that, I haven't really been uh, watching much. I did watch um, A New Hope the other day. That was pretty good. I it, it, it was the first time. <laughs> it was the first time I'd watched it in like a long time because it's been like years since I've watched it. Um, so I watched that. Definitely not while I was in tweeting it. It was. It was funny because I kept messaging Sean. I was like, I don't remember this. Or, oh, hey, this thing or that thing. And Sean's probably like losing his mind, but that's okay. Brandon's like, I didn't remember Darth Vader's voice being so high. Is I think that's something you said. I, it was a lot higher pitched than I thought it was. And I was like, okay. I mean, James Earl Jones still vo- voices the character to this day. And he's obviously gotten older and his voice is like change well yeah that's true current day vader does sound different like vader in rogue one or oh uh, yeah whatever 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the one in Rebels sounds completely different. Um, or well, slightly different, but, um, so yeah, that's not really too much on my end, um, other than some other people telling me what anime to watch, so, and I know that makes <laughs> you just super happy. Have you watched any anime? Not recently, no. I did finish oh. Overlord, like, two weeks ago, but that was, that's about it. I never finished season two of that, but season one was good. Season one was good. Season two wasn't bad. Season three wasn't hateful, but if I had to rank them, it'd probably go like from like out of three, it'd probably be like one, two, and three. Okay, so I shouldn't watch the rest of it, is what you're saying? I no, mean, you should. It's good, but all right. Uh, let's talk about Clone Wars a little bit because sure. Clone Wars came out yesterday. We're recording this Saturday night. Uh, last night, Friday night, Clone Wars. Yeah, and in two days we get the final episode. I know, I'm very excited. Uh, As am I. The big day, Order 66, occurred in the last episode. We are going to talk about this spoilerifically um, for a minute. The uh, the fact that Order 66 occurred isn't a spoiler because it's in the episode description. Uh, yeah, literally, when I clicked on it, I was I was eating ice cream last night when I was watching the episode. And it says in the episode description, I was like, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> uh, okay, so I was talking to you about this, Brendan. Uh, yes. Maul's hallway scene better than Vader's hallway scene in Rogue One. Oh, hands down. Without a doubt. Dude's ripping the paneling off of the wall and decapitating clones with the panels. Like... I think it's more badass just because of the fact that, like, with Vader's hallway scene, it's like, you know, he's just... They they introduce his better just because it's like you get the really cool visual aesthetic of, you have that red sort of ominous glow in the room. Everything's just, like, really dark. Then you just hear, like, you know, you hear just his respirator from the end of the hall, and you just see the saber ignite. And then it just goes, you know, from there. So it's really beautifully... I mean, both, both of them are shot beautifully. But I have to say that Maul's is more badass because he doesn't have a saber and he's just literally ripping the panels yeah. off of the ship, walking yeah. in front of him. And he just he's walking down this hallway completely casual as blasters are just getting rained down on him. He's throwing panels. I mean, cutting people in half. He rips the one clone's arm off with the blast. Oh like, come God. on. Like, Dude. come on. Like, that does. You can't top that. <laughs> it's, it's insane. And it's so harrowing because like, oh, yeah. that one clone is trying to get through the door. And you oh, can yeah. see his arm fucking fly out and start to go towards Maul. And his buddy's like pulling on him, like trying to get him through the door. It's, yeah, and it's a bit of a similar parallel to that Vader scene. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like they're tr like passing the message along and everything. And there's that one door where the guy can only get his arm through. Yeah, yeah but it's slightly different because this time... Well, I will, you will, cause <laughs> no one really makes it... I mean, in both scenarios, no one makes it out alive. But, you know... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very exciting. I will tell you, Sam Witwer was streaming on Twitch, who's obviously voice of Darth Maul, last night, and he said that Maul's hallway scene isn't done. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it. There's still one more episode left, and he's like, it's still going in episode t uh, four. Honestly, like, if the years. next episode is just all of a hallway scene of Maul, <laughs> I'd be okay with that. All right, so obviously the, the hallway scene was a highlight. Uh, uh, the the Rex and Ahsoka stuff very emotional. Ooh, <laughs> especially when like when she gets the chip out at the end. Oh, and, yeah. like, comes to his senses and he's like, "I'm sorry, kid." Like, oh god. One thing, because uh, what 
because what I saw a lot of people talking about too was that like everybody like and it's confirmed like in Rebels if yeah. I'm not mistaken I haven't watched it but yeah like Rex Wolf and who was it Gregor all said they're like yeah well we were yeah well we removed our chips well I'm like okay we haven't seen that happen and that's kind that of motherfucker a motherfucker lied to <laughs> He lied. He's like, I never turned on my Jedi. You're a fucking liar, X, because you Come opened on. up on Ahsoka. You o- But when he opens up on Ahsoka, that is maybe the saddest scene in Clone Wars. Oh, like, my God. Just, the way his uh, fucking hands are I, shaking and his, like, one tear uh, that goes down his face. Oh, that, my God. Uh, it was so well done. And oh. I also – I and we were talking about this last night, too. I think it's so cool that they actually have the audio from episode yep. three in there. And when – you know, it's the same voice line of execute order sixty six. Yes, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It was, it was really good. And what's really cool is in the credits, they they, they said you know credited obviously Samuel L. Jackson, um, mm-hmm. Ian McDermott, and Hayden Christensen. But the way they did that that like voiceover is that when uh, when Anakin's going, "What have I done?" It's yeah. Hayden Christensen and Matt Lanter saying it. That's really cool. Other, which is that's really, really cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, so that that's cool to hear. Uh, before we move on, is there anything else from Clone Wars that you want to hit on from that episode? Um, I do have a bit of a small complaint. Okay. I, it's like all the stuff. Obviously, you know, if you've seen episode three or yeah. whatnot, you know what happens. You know, with Anakin, you know, he yeah. kills Dooku and whatnot and all that stuff. I just wish that we had gotten to have seen some of that stuff. Yeah. I these, mean, just... These episodes are in a weird spot. Yeah. Because, like, this, these, uh, the series of the Clone Wars is supposed to take place between, obviously, episodes two and three. Yeah. Really, the best time to watch it is in between two and three. Because it oh, makes yeah, without three a doubt. that much better. Oh, but yeah. With this, these last episodes happening at the same time as three, it makes it difficult, like... Because if you're watching it for the first time and you oh, don't yeah. know what's going to happen, it would be because di- Clone Wars spoils Revenge of the Sith, but Revenge of the Sith would spoil Clone Wars. It's oh yeah, I'd love to see them release like a special, maybe even Disney Plus exclusive, which is for, like, it's like four hours long and it's Revenge of the Sith and the Siege of Mandalore arc cut together. Like that, that would be cool, so cool. Uh, yeah, I would like to see that too. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, have you been watching anything else besides besides that? Um, no, not uh, not particularly. No. Um, I mean, just some stuff on YouTube, but other than that, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, donkey. All right, whatever. Uh, Mike. No. Hello, Mike. Hey. What have you been watching? So this has been one of those weeks where nothing really happened once again. So, what what I end up doing is watching the film that we're, we're supposed to talk about, uh, which is fine. We'll save it for next week. Yes, uh, I do have things to say about it. Um, not, uh, good things, not bad things. You good. make things. We would it's, have, it's, the podcast would have ended. <laughs> yeah, it would have. But no, I now I'm curious. Um, but I, but I won't. He watched. Uh, I'll tell you what he watched, Brendan. He watched Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, that bad movie. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, Brendan. <laughs> I've never seen it, so I'm just... Okay, I'm just, uh, okay. just going right. to say. Jesus Christ, dude. I'm just pushing your buttons. Um, Jeez. 
But what I did is actually watch another movie after that, and it was a great double feature because this was back-to-back because Emma Watson did Perks of Being a Wallflower and The Bling Ring. The what? I've actually heard of it. I've I've heard of that. Yes, The Bling Ring is a Sofia Coppola film. Uh, it's ba- it's actually based on the real life gang known as the Bling Ring, who are famous ass- fame obsessed teenagers who used use the internet to track celebrities' whereabouts to in order to burglarize their homes. Mm-hmm. This is back. This was back around 2008, 2009, uh, which I would have been around the same age as them, because um, I graduated high school in 2008, so they were like around that age, okay. more or less. But yeah, they would. Um, they would just go into it was because I remember reading the headlines where like uh, Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan and Rachel Bilson's house were like burglarized. Then they take all of their goods, like you know, jewelry and shoes and hats and clothes. They just take it, and it's all because they uh, left their houses unoccupied, like no security whatsoever. So they like. Paris Hilton's house would have a key underneath the doormat. Like, really, Paris? You really leave your key underneath the doormat so for people to go through? And then sometimes, like, the door, there would be, like, a door unlocked they can sneak into or whatever. And throughout the whole movie, it shows the this adventure of this teen guy who meets up with a girl, starts to, you know, hanging out, being best friends, and then they're on the internet, and he's like, oh, you know what? Paris Hilton is out of town. Let's go to Paris Hilton's house. Because the female, uh, Rebecca, she's like, "I this is what I do. I go inside people's houses and just burglarize. But then the teenager, Mac, Mark, sorry, Mark's like, you know, Paris Hilton's out of town. Let's go to Paris Hilton's place. They go inside. They raid the whole place out. And not, not the whole place up, but they're taking a th- few things, and they continue on and on and on. And eventually, at the end, uh, since it's based on their true story, they actually get caught, and they go to, they went to jail, and uh, yeah. It is a very interesting film. Emma Watson is in it, and she does a damn good American accent. I don't know why with Brits. Brits do a good American accents. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because yeah. the Brits are good at taking things that don't belong to them. Um... <laughs> True. Oh my god. <laughs> you what know a, what? They did throw... make an empire out of it at one point, so fair enough. <laughs> Bit of a hot a literal there. empire. Not a it, it's not even like, you know, uh you, you know a media empire or something. No, an actual empire. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, um, so interesting though. I think I'm gonna have to watch. I, I, yeah, I actually remember hearing about that movie when uh, when it was coming out. I I never saw it, but I heard a lot about it. Yeah, I heard it's um, pretty good. one of the most iconic little seconds of the scene is they are partying a lot, so they're dancing mm-hmm. in a club and they're doing coke, they're doing marijuana, they're what? just doing they're doing lots of drugs. And Emma Watson in this film, dear Christ, she's hot in this. <laughs> okay, so that's where this comes from okay yeah that's what i thought too well, i was like where's that, that clip? Comes from so it's from this movie it, yeah. it's like for like a it's like a second like because it's it's a slow-mo version oh, that yeah. people are dancing in a club and it's just yeah if you this is really good sophia coppola is a great director she's she's done great films like 
uh, Lost in Translation. She's done oh, uh, okay. The Virgin Suicides. She's um, she's really good, and this is really good as well. It's I really enjoyed it. And Lost in so, Translation is a good movie. Yeah, it is. Oh, one of my favorites. Where so, do you watch it, Mike? It's on Netflix. Netflix? All right, I'm going to check it out. It is on Netflix. I was going to put it on the list for uh, all yeah, of us to watch because I saw it recently, so I suggest you guys uh, watch it too. I uh, did that. But then Sean's like, hey, uh, did you watch Glee yet? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll squeeze it in. I'll squeeze Just in case people don't know, last episode – Sarah and I talked about Glee for a bit, and we agreed we were going to watch the first episode of the series for this week. And Mike was like, you know what? All right, fine. I'll watch it too. And so that is – and I checked in with him to be like, all right, did you watch it so we could talk about it today? And I, we weren't going to talk about it this episode because Sarah isn't here. But what Mike said to me shook me before, <laughs> and I needed, oh, wow. to, I needed to him to explain right now what his glee watching experience was so go ahead mike okay so i end up watching the first episode yes and it starts out all right getting used to the characters yeah. and i see rachel pop up and she starts off to be a really hoity-toity like stuck up stuck up bitch and she's like okay what annoying and then you get to finn Finn comes around. I'm like, ooh, okay, Finn's pretty cool. I can dig that. Finn's nice. Okay, I can dig that. And the music comes along. He's like, ooh, I remember the songs now. Yeah, I remember listening to these uh, on Spotify. It's nostalgic crack is what oh. it is with the songs. It's nostalgic <laughs> crack? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> See, and I love, I love, I can... go on. I was going to say, you're like, man, this show is insane and weird and, like, I don't know if it's good, but then they start singing the songs and you're like, I like this song. I like that song. That was a good song. I remember this song. Like, <laughs> it's nostalgia crack is what it is. Um, yeah. And I I mean, the characters do get better over time. Like, I, I've only, like, the first half of the of the first episode is, like, crap. I don't know about that. <laughs> for, for, no, no, no. For the first two episodes, yes. Okay. Let, let me let me clarify. Let me clarify. Let me clarify because, like, after the first, like, the second half of the first episode, it gets better in my opinion because I was like, I, I started to hate the characters at first. Like, oh my god, what the hell is with these characters? And all of a sudden, <laughs> I start to like them a little bit more. Yeah. And I mean, not all the characters are great. I, I understand that they're not <laughs> not great whatsoever. But I, but this is my type of show. Like, I love I I the crappy, cheesy, fucking television shows. I was really surprised you were so resistant to watching it because I was like, this is the kind of shit that Mike would eat up. <laughs> I love this shit. I and then I was like, you know, I have to have for episode two, and I started putting episode two in. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's. And then there starts to be a love triangle between freaking Finn and Rachel and what's her face, the girlfriend. And she's, and then, and Quinn, my gosh, she's a fucking bitch too. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> oh, and uh, she's the blonde one, right? She's the blonde one, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, oh man, it's just, ah. Uh, and then talking about, um, ah, uh, it's just, so much to take in, like... Yeah. What, I, can't, I, can't. I, I, I So, what he said to me, because we were talking about 
getting ready yeah. to record and he was like okay maybe i'll have time to watch another episode of glee before because we were waiting on brendan for a minute and mm. uh i was like i don't have we don't we, he'll be back soon we don't have like we don't have to have that, that kind of time and mm. mike said, damn it i can't just leave it off after episode two i want to know what happens next so episode two is the one that ends where you find out that uh terry's not pregnant right Yes, and she lies to Will. Yeah, yeah. Is that what makes you want to know <laughs> yes, what happens next? Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you. I have Mike, no idea what the hell you're even remotely talking about. <laughs> Mike, Mike, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to say that is not how – like that That storyline gets so much crazier than it already is. Oh, really? Oh, oh, Yes. yes. Yes, it gets even more insane. Oh, man. Oh, man, it's so good. No, it is legitimately, when you when 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 you go back and you think about the first oh, season, you're like, boy. that was a pretty tame season. And then you think about, like, if I were to just say that storyline, like, without names, just describe what happens. Like, a character does this, and then this happens, and then this happens. Without names, it would sound like the craziest fucking thing you've ever heard in your life. I mean, it already um, sounds so, pretty crazy to me, but <laughs> it, it, yeah. So I I figured when Mike was like, I can't leave off after episode two, and I had to go look and double check. I, I figured he was talking about Terry not really being pregnant. <laughs> and then and then um, shit. What was I thinking? Uh, Jane Lynch is great. I fucking Jane love Jane. Great in the show. She's great. I fucking love her so much. She is a great actress, and she does a bang up job in this show. Um. Uh, Emma in this show has OCD and she and yeah. makes me think of everyone now being all clean. Yeah, Emma would be fucking killing it right now. Oh, she would be like on the ball now, like uh, fucking. She'd be teaching like everyone how to clean to precise, preciseless. Yeah. <laughs> Just She'd be running oh shit. Oh man, I'm like I'm hooked on it, like yeah. like. I mean, characters are not that great, but it's just like, it's the schlocky, dumb plots, yeah. and it's high school setting, and it makes me think back, and the music, and it has everything that I missed. I didn't watch it when it aired. That's the thing. I missed out on certain shows, and this is one of them. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm excited to hear from you. I might uh, actually do, I might actually watch this through and just talk about it oh, each I'm week. Like I would love you. Look, you keep watching for as long as you want. I know. I, I honestly don't know if I don't know if you'll hit a breaking point with the show. We'll you see. Know, you like stuff that would be normally like considered to be not great, but you like the the kind of the hokey fun of it, you know. Which yes, I think is um what like what makes some of your opinions very interesting is because you have a very different approach to shows like this um like mm -hmm. the fucking Salem witch uh, soldier show um, i know it's, it's crazy as it sounds um <laughs> but i am definitely looking forward to hear your thoughts on glee uh if you continue watching it i think i will i'm so hooked <laughs> So fucking hooked. I want to watch episode three so bad. Like I want to binge watch this shit. All right, well, fucking keep us up to date on it. Oh man, I'm just I'm so giddy, Glee. <laughs> You're giddy with Glee. All right, folks, that was the show. Uh, now, <laughs> one pun and we're done. Uh, is there what else? What else have you? Or is there anything else you want to say about Glee before we move on? Or 
Uh, I'm trying to think on... Who's your favorite character so far? I'll ask you that. Two episodes in. Uh, um, that's tricky to figure out, because... Uh, I have no yeah, attachments yeah. yet. I don't yeah, have attachment yeah. yet to anybody. Okay. It's just, like, I mean... Okay. Like I said, Finn so far, which I know the demise yeah. of the actor, and I'm going to yeah. be sad when it ends. Like, oh my god. I'm gonna yeah, that, be able, ep- that, yeah. I want to I ball like a baby, because Finn... Like, I, I, Finn Hudson is just... Like, he's the jock, but then he's like, yeah. I have this... Pa- yeah. Like, like his his backstory about music, his flashback, you know, about singing. I was like, I got attached to that. I was like, holy shit, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of like Finn. Rachel's starting, to, so Rachel's starting to grow a little bit, but she's annoying. Uh, <laughs> Rachel is... Rachel is complicated. We'll talk about Rachel more. Yes, I want to watch her kind of grow in quotation marks. So uh, Okay, so I'll ask you one more question and then we'll move on. Uh, what is your favorite song that they've done in the first two episodes? Oh, shit. They have... Um... They did a bunch in the first episode. Uh, if you go to the wiki page, it has uh, it lists the songs that they do on each episode's page. Uh, I, I, I threw a link in the in the um, Discord. Oh, I see it. I heard it. Um... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's true. Do a little bit of trivia because I know you like trivia, Mike. And I don't know if you've looked any of the, any of this up yet. I and... don't think I have yet. Nope. So leaving on a jet plane in the pilot, uh, that was originally going to be Viva La Vida, but Chris uh, Martin would not give them the rights to the music. Uh, leaving uh, on a jet plane, is that an ELO song? Uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Okay, never mind. No, they have a similar song. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, it yeah. wasn't... It wasn't until I know they teased uh, "Don't Stop Believing," which is gonna be their freaking song of like the their anthem. Yeah, they the anthem. They sing so much. No, I actually loved it in episode two, okay. where they uh, they did push it as like the sex it up. <laughs> like, Let's because they're supposed to do a disco song, which was "La Chic," uh, "La Freak" yeah. by Chic, and <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 yeah. we're not. <laughs> We're not gonna. We're not gonna do that. We're gonna second it by doing push it by salt and pepper. It's so it it it's so uncomfortable. And Figgins is like is like swaying along to it. I know, right? Yeah, um, I just remember when the show was still coming out and that stupid term they had for the fans of the show, whatever. <laughs> Glee. I hated that word so much. I I liked the show and I hated being called a Gleek. I really did. I I did. No, there were there were several people we went to school with. Yeah, because I know when that was coming out, we were in what like middle school. Uh, season three, we were in middle school. Yeah. Uh, end of middle school. I just remember hearing people, and then all I would hear just from everybody's iPods just down the hallway with their freaking. It would just be Glee covers of everything. I was like, make it stop. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked the show, and I would tend to agree that I did not yeah. like being called a Gleek. Um, I thought it's just kind of a dumb dumb name for the no, show. I, yeah, I, as I told you earlier, I was forced to watch it. So uh, Yeah, so why don't you give the listeners a little bit of, what's your experience with Glee? 
Well, I already had a negative association with it because my sister would force me to watch it. And just like she forced me to watch High School Musical 3 every single day on for second. one summer music. over and over again. It's yeah. a good movie, though. It's not. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to play Black Ops 1, but I couldn't do that because I had to watch High School Musical for the first three hours of the day. And then watch it again and again <laughs> every day. Um I, my mom was kind of into it for a little bit. My sister was huge into it. And a lot of cousins of, of my cousins, they were like really, really big into it. So they would always watch it and talk about it all the time and whatnot. And I just remember because my PS3, before I had my whole setup in my room, was on the TV in the living room. So I had to wait until they were yeah. done watching Glee to play my PS3. And they would take up the TV for hours on end. And I was just like, ah, <laughs> Yeah, I, I do remember bits and pieces of the show, but I don't want to say anything because I don't want to spoil yeah, anything yeah, yeah. for anyone. I just remember, like, dumb things. <laughs> okay, so we are going to go ahead and go to break. And cool. when we get back, we're going to talk about the news. So uh, listen to these great, adver- great advertisements. Listen, some of the ads are great. Uh, you might have just heard my phone ding. I forgot to put it on silent. Um some of the ads are great. Some of them are recorded by me, so they're not good. There are some ads that are going to play in a second. So just listen to those, and we'll be back in a minute. Hey there, Schmodown fans. This is Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am here to tell you about my show, Talking Schmodown. Whether it's Andrew Guy getting hit with a chair, John Roca screaming, Outlaw! Or the emotional retirement of the Shirewolves, I talk about it all. So you can catch me right here on Anchor and all the other major podcasting platforms. So, as I ask every episode, are you ready to talk Schmodown? I am. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's name, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello everybody, Jay Wade and Kaylin here to tell you about SEN Afterlife. It's an after show podcast where we expand on the week of craziness on SEN Live as well as have guests on to join in the fun. Yep, and we get personal too. We do movie reviews and at times we go way off the rails, which I guarantee is always Kaylin's fault. Hey, how rude and not true. So come join us on the Mark with the Movie Blog feed and remember to rate, share, and subscribe. And as always, enjoy. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Hey guys, it's Sean. I wanted to tell you guys about the new show I'm hosting, the Harry Potter Review Show. Every other week, I'm joined by some combination of Kaylin, Sarah, and one guest that has never read the books. We discuss one movie per episode and break down what we love about them, what we don't love about them, and the differences from the books to the movies. It's a ton of fun, and I hope you guys will tune in to check it out. Until then, mischief managed. Mischief Managed. 
listen to those shows. They're great. Everybody does a great job over here on the Merc with a Movie blog podcast feed. Uh, we're into the news right now, so I've got like we've got like four stories pretty much. Yeah, two of them are bigger talking points, and two of them are just me being like "fuck you" uh, about <laughs> about them. But we'll hit the bigger ones first. Um, yeah, this week has some good stuff. Yeah, starting out with Regal and AMC going to war with Universal. Um, so interesting hill to die on for them, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so pretty much, I'm trying to actually bring up the article, but pretty much, uh, Universal made some comments. They made comments. I'm trying to see where they who to. It was the Wall Street Journal, um, and it was it was the CEO Jeff Shell who said that the results for Trolls World Tour have exceeded our expectations and demonstrated the viability of PVOD. As soon as theaters reopen, we expect to release movies on both formats. Um, so pretty much saying that when movies, when the theaters reopen, we're going to release movies in theaters and on video on demand at the same time. It wasn't clear, like, will it only be for movies like Trolls? Will it be for their big budget stuff like Bond and like Fast and the Furious? Like, right. It wasn't a whole lot of. It was a very vague remark, right? Yeah. So AMC responded, "It is disappointing to us, but Jeff's comments as to Universal's unilateral actions and intentions have left us with no choice. Therefore, effective immediately, AMC will no longer play any Universal movies in any of our theaters in the United States, Europe, or the Middle East." Uh, and then Regal responded, and I want to I want to scroll up really quick in the chat because I don't have the link on hand, but I want to scroll up to. Um, uh, well, first what off, Regal said specifically. Well, first off, they said uh, we will not be site showing movies that fail to respect the theatrical yeah. windows, as it does not make any economic sense for us. But then, then Regal tweeted out saying, yes. "Regal is not." boycotting Universal nor any other studio, we will continue our normal policy and play movies that respect the theatrical window, allowing movies to be released first in theaters prior to streaming or VOD platforms. Which is boycotting Universal. <laughs> what they're saying is that if Universal does not respect the theatrical window, then we're not going to play their movies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like... What do you think of this clusterfuck? Christ. <laughs> uh, thankfully, I don't have a Regal or AMC by me, so I'm not phased by this whatsoever with Universal stuff. Yeah, we're on, the, our, we're on yeah. the other end of that spectrum. <laughs> yeah, all the movie theaters that Brendan and I go to are Regal, pretty much. Brendan, yeah. is the IMAX <laughs> one in AMC or a Regal? The one over in... Um... Real? Yeah, the one over in Rio. That one is uh, to Lowe's, so I think it's AMC. Yeah, so either way, you know, the three major theaters that I go to are all either Regal or AMC. Uh, oh, shit. I mean, this this is all just, like, really odd, because it just seems like, I, I don't know, it just it's so weird, because it, it to me, it always seems a little, like, childish like how they're doing this they're just like they're like hey you know they seem to do really well so we might do this and they're like you know what that's it you can't play in our sandbox anymore we're <laughs> done with you and it's like I, really you're, you're really not wrong, but i do think it makes sense um it doesn't make sense but i understand 
where they're coming from because we were just hearing a couple weeks ago that AMC is not doing well, that they are on the verge of going out of business pretty much. Yeah, I've been and hearing that. It it sounds to me that they panicked and they hit the break in case of emergencies glass. And like what I understand the logic that they use to get to where they are. I'm not sure if it's um good logic. I I don't I don't necessarily agree with Regal or AMC. Hopefully they reach some sort of compromise with I Universal. Hope they do. But I I also like I don't want to see a future where uh low budget movies are relegated to um to to VOD and don't get theatrical releases. Like I saw Uncut Gems in the theaters last year. I would not have nearly as good of like I wouldn't have had as nearly as good an experience in that movie if I'd watched it by myself at home than on the big screen in a theater with a bunch of people. Like oh that movie. It's a low budget movie. It is the type of movie that you would put on a theatrical or on a um on a on a video on demand site instead of a theatrical mm. release. I I think that's exactly the kind of movie they'd put. And see, on, and you know, following it. yeah, and following yeah. that sort of same suit. I mean, for me, two of my best movie viewing experiences had to be for Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, those will always end up in a theater. Oh well, I mean, but I'm just you know, but I'm just saying, it's like the experience of going into a yeah. You know, like, have a theater, being around a bunch of people. I mean, you know, you can go on YouTube or online anywhere and look up, like, you know, the scene in Endgame yeah. where the Cap portal. wields, yeah, yeah, where wields Thor's hammer. I mean, people yeah. lost their minds. I lost my mind. I jumped out of my seat. Can, I mean, Brendan can, can account that I also lost my mind, and I've never yelled louder in a movie theater than when the hammer flew into Captain America's hand. Because I think Brendan was sitting right next to me, and I probably burst his eardrums. Well, I typically avoid sitting next to you and one other person when we go to see movies like that because you guys like to punch the person next to you. <laughs> and I have to use my arms at work a lot, and I don't really feel like walking around, you know, like a pendulum I, with my arms. So, you know. <laughs> I, I was about to say, no, I don't. But then I remembered that I beat the no. shit out of uh, uh, one of our friends' arms <laughs> when we went to go see The Last Jedi and when the scroll, like the scroll started. <laughs> I just started slamming his oh arm. Oh, my God. But... No, anyway. but I, I, no, I do agree. It's like, you know, it would, um, no, I mean, nothing beats that, you know, like that movie, like going experience, you know, where it's like you go, you know, you see the movie in the theater, you know, all the hype with everybody around you and everything. No, yeah. And like a movie like Uncut Gems, which I don't think would get a theatrical release in, if like in this future where some movies go to VOD and some movies go to theatrical releases, I don't think Uncut Gems gets one. I also yeah. don't think that, uh, a star is born gets one and i had a very profound experience watching the 2018 a star is born where it was so weird i didn't speak a word to the person next to me it was this older lady and we watched the movie complete silence and the movie ends and i turned to get up and she turns to get up we just look at each other and we're just like we just had an experience together like <laughs> it was this weirdest nonverbal connection between like what we just saw was like really impactful and we both experienced that together and like i i think that's important and i really enjoy those moments and i wish that i i hope that the future holds those as still being possibilities but 
every time something like this happens, it worries me that we're getting closer and closer to a future where Avengers comes out in theaters or Star Wars, like the blockbusters, Jurassic Park, that kind of stuff. And that's it. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you have anything you want to add. Well, I know you guys are, I, I know you especially are kind of like broadening, like you're talking about like eight, I'm thinking of like crush uh, companies like yeah. Uncut Gems is A24. I mean, A24 yeah. is the indie kind of feeling for those films. And there's a plenty of those that um, are sometimes going to VOD because they're so underground. And seeing them in a theater is actually a good experience because A24 does great movies. Like they, yeah. they, they distribute so many good ones. And actually, uh, the bling ring, by the way, is A24. Yeah, I saw that when I was looking at it. So, whenever I see A24 so, on a poster or something, I'm like, add to my list. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, those films, I don't think that's a big worry to worry about. I mean, because they are going to be within theatrical window. If it's universal, they're talking about because it's like, oh, no, no. Um, I Star Wars Born, by the way, I looked up as distributed by Warner Brothers. I mean, Warner Brothers yeah, doesn't, yeah. I don't think there's any issues with it. depends on the company itself. Like, if they're doing things like what Universal does, they're fucked. But I, I, I don't think, think. I think it's more of if Universal, because I, look, I don't hear. Let's start with this. I think Universal's full of shit. I'd love to see the actual numbers on Trolls because I don't think <laughs> that. I, 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 because I believe that it made the money. I don't believe that it was like the success that it. Are, like, are you telling me you're doubting what Trolls World Tour? It's one of the greatest films look, of all time. What was <laughs> Trolls World Tour's production budget? Like, um, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I'm seeing ninety to a hundred million dollars yes. budget. Right. So if it made two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, two hundred million dollars, three hundred million dollars, that's a success for them. Right. I guess when you add in marketing, maybe closer to 300 is what you'd need to that a success. Right. So it made $300 million on VOD and that was a success for them. If Avengers makes $300 million, you never see another Marvel movie ever again. You know, like, um, yeah. Now, I was just going to say real quick, it's funny that you mentioned, you guys were talking about like A24 movies and whatnot. So I was just curious, I was like, what all, you know, a bunch of movies that they've made. And I am now coming to the realization that I've never actually watched an uh, A24 movie. <laughs> yeah, they make oh. a lot of like smaller indie movies and they make a lot of um like, yeah, yeah. They make a lot of really good they movies. Made, they made that excellent movie Tusk. Oh, man. Yeah, they uh they were behind that, yep. I yeah. they made the lighthouse. I wanted to see that. I heard that was really, really good. I wanted to see yeah, that. I haven't seen it still. It is on Prime Video right now, folks. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'll watch see. it. But it look, <laughs> oh like, come it looks, on! It freaks me out. It's a fucking. It's Robert Eggers. Dude's a genius, but also or Robert Eggers, I guess. Uh, come also, on. For, for a little backstory, yeah. that's usually what Sean's thought process is when I recommend something for him to watch. He's like, "Yeah, I'll go check it out." When I know in his mind, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna watch that." Or he'll watch oh, like, oh, oh I, I know that already. Like a year and a half later, he'll watch yeah, it, and then I'm like, I "Oh," and then. And then he'll send me like eight things. He's like, oh, Brendan, you should watch this. You should watch that. You should watch this. And then he's like, have you seen this yet? And I'm like, no. He's like, what? Come on. And then I'm like, hey, remember that movie yeah. I recommended to you a year and a half ago? I recommend good movies to you. <laughs> Name one bad thing I've recommended to you. 
I was, you know what? I was about yeah. to name a movie, but a different friend recommended it. I was going to name that yeah. movie that came out on Netflix. Um, <laughs> Why would I recommend you a Michael Bay film? I don't on, know. Like, I unironically. <laughs> when have I ever <laughs> like, hey, Sean, you should watch a Michael Bay film. It's exquisite. No, it was, it was another, it was another one of our friends. And I think you could guess who it was. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Look, it's, it, I'm, I would love to watch The Lighthouse if it wasn't a horror movie. That's what it is. Uh, I don't like horror Man. movies. Mike knows. It has Brendan. Like I said, like I said, yes, or earlier, you guys should have seen him in It Chapter 2. Oh my goodness. We went and saw it with one of our other friends and he sat in the middle of us. And myself and our other friend at the same exact moment had the same thought of just like, like sort of pushing Sean and just going like, and I was two seconds away from doing it when our other friend did it. And he jumped like a foot out of his chair. It was the funniest thing ever. It was so good. You I did scream. scream, and it you was like scream, <laughs> but it was a scary part of the movie. No, it was like a silent part too, and it's like you know, it's like, just like of us turned around to look at us, <laughs> like the guy, you know, like they're just like do some dialogue, whatever, and he just our friend just goes, and Sean goes, ah, and he like jumps out of his chair, like people are looking at him. I'm like biting my hoodie because I'm laughing so hard. It wasn't funny. I Sean, Sean spent like the entire film curled up in a ball, hiding behind his hoodie. And I at one like point, you're on the show. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and then what was it? How many times did you get up to go to the bathroom? <laughs> Wait, go to the bathroom? Okay, look, there was like one or two moments where I was like, "All right, you know what? I'm just gonna sh- go to the restroom." Were you shitting your back. pants because you're so scared? No, no, I just didn't want to be in the theater for a couple minutes. I, I, <laughs> well, still. There's a scene in, um, in, in chapter two where, like, Pennywise is about to eat a kid, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. And I got up and I walked out, and I came back right when it happened. I missed he, he all of the pl- He tried to plan it so strategically. Be like, I'll leave. I'll come back. The scene will be over. He leaves at the beginning, and when he walks right back in, because I can see him coming up the ramp, coming around the corner, he stops, he looks up at the screen, and I can just see the look of combined of horror and disappointment on his, on his face of, damn it, I saw it, and oh my god, this is terrifying, and I'm just laughing. Because I'm pretty sure once you sat down, I was like, yeah, you came back at the perfect time. I don't, oh. I don't think horror movies. As I've told Mike multiple times in the past, have- I don't think he believes me, but I, I, swear, hope, you, I hope you understand now, Mike. No, I, I swear. I, I will make you watch a horror movie with me. I swear. No, I, it's it's going, going to happen. happen. It's going to happen. Folks, if you're listening, if you want us to watch a horror movie and do give a us yeah. do a possible commentary with it too, let us know because I want to see a horror movie with Sean so bad. You know what we should do, Mike? We should make him watch like all the Conjuring films. No, what the fuck? <laughs> you right, know, just like moving on. Lock Wrinkle him in a room. <laughs> Wrinkle and AMC are fucked. You know, no, they're not. Strap him to a chair and put the like the eye things what? from Flacco Orange just to make him watch it. Exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> Look, it's it's a tough situation for them to be in, <laughs> and and it oh, is what it is. Uh, hopefully, things resolve themselves. But uh, another announcement this week from the Academy. Uh, yes. This year, for this year only, awards for the award, this awards year only, streamed films will be eligible for Best Picture. 
and going forward, like this isn't just for this year, for for the rest of time, I guess. Or we'll see. Maybe people will complain like they did about the uh, best uh, popular picture, and that'll it'll get axed. But going forward, the sound mixing and sound editing awards are going to be combined into one category: oh. best sound. Uh, hmm. I think that's disappointing. But uh, oh, Mike. Oh, Brendan, here, you sound like you've got something to say. Go oh, well, I was actually just going to say on the basis of the real AMC thing, I oh, just ahead. remembered this. Um, Actually, I think last year it was Regal actually went under and they got bought out by a parent company called Cinema World. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. were familiar with that, which they are an international company. And they actually went through and restructured their entire management and like employee system. Uh-huh. So instead of it being like, you know, you'd have like your floor staff and your managers and everything like that, they basically pretty much have like uh, the GM of the place, like an assistant manager or two. And then instead of managers, they have more like shift supervisors and shift leaders and stuff like that. It's a different thing that they structured it with. But um, so, I mean, from what I know, Cinema World is doing OK, but with all this stuff coming out, who knows? All right. Well, do you have any take on the... Uh, Oscar stuff, uh, best sound editing, best sound mixing, getting combined into best sound, and I only think that all year. Okay, yeah, let's start with the sound mixing. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I feel like that might rob some other films of certain of like winning certain awards now that they're just mixing them in the same category. You, know, I feel like it's just gonna make because you know, I mean, you could have one film that wins great sound mixing while the other one has you know the other. But I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I really feel about it. I think it's going to kind of jip some people. What do you think, Mike? Uh, hold on. I was just going to. Give me a sec. Go for it. Give you a direct quote from the article about the sound category, um, how it's going to be structured. Uh, the two sound categories, sound mixing and sound editing, have been combined into one award for best two minute sound that F- emphasizes the team effort. The team effort. The number of Oscars statutes remain the same. Up to six statutes may be awarded. Eligible recipients may include one production sound mixer, two supervising sound editors, and three re-recording mixers. I mean, like, look, I I just genuinely think that um, there are movies that, like, like, I feel like Ford versus Ferrari last year, right? Uh, not so much. I don't know about sound editing, but sound mixing. Like, I don't actually remember if it won sound mixing or not at the Oscars last year. But Ford versus Ferrari, the sound mixing in that movie <clears throat> was incredible. Still haven't know. seen it. Yeah, you really should. It's really good. I... There are some other changes in here that um, aren't n- listed on that. Uh... Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That's the one I was going to bring up. So in the music original score category, for a score to be eligible, eligible, it must comprise a minimum of 60% original music. And additionally, sequels and franchise films, a score must have a minimum of 80% new music. That's a little hefty. I mean, the 60% original music for that I can understand because if they have like one or two, I mean... I know sometimes, like, with certain films and stuff like that, or shows and whatnot, it's like they can have, like, best original, like, song or something. And it's, like, one or two things. But I feel, I mean, you know, the 60%, I'm like, okay, you know, that that makes sense. You know, that's that's cool. But for the sequels in franchise films to have a minimum of 80%, that's kind of hefty. Because it's like, I if mean, you... 
Star Wars, any of the uh, well, I mean, like, eight or nine wouldn't have been able to be nominated. Well, right. Or also, like, if you're seven, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if you're also filming a movie that's set in like the seventies or eighties, like America, or whatever, yeah. there's some great killer songs from that yeah. whole generation and everything that you can put in there and that would work well to fit you know sort of the aesthetic and the mood of that scene and specifics and whatnot but then they're not eligible for that because you know I they think, didn't i think with 60 percent original music in that scenario i think they'd be okay oh uh, yeah and i agree but to, to move on, on the sequels and little, franchises that, i think yeah. it, i could understand if maybe like even 70 would still be a little much because i think i think it should be 60 60 both I, I mean, uh, again, episodes eight and nine. I, I yeah, don't you know, think no, either you, you of them know, would have been able you, to be nominated. You actually do bring up a valid point with that. If if anything, yeah. actually, now you got me thinking. If anything, the first one should be sixty percent, and then the sequels and stuff after should probably be lower. If anything, because then you know, like you're you know saying with you know seven or eight and nine and whatnot, you know they're gonna recycle music and stuff from those previous films no yeah actually no that's a good and point. i understand the idea of like it's not fair because they're using music from other movies that came before but in the at the same time i mean like using if you're in a franchise please use music you've used before because it helps with the storytelling can you imagine if we never heard the avengers theme again after the first movie and every time they assembled it was something different like even yeah, age no. of ultron barely used the avengers theme yeah. But it, can you imagine portals happens and instead it goes into a brand new theme at the end instead of it being the Avengers theme? Because the portals track for the most part is different, but the end yeah. is the Avengers theme right up to, you know, Avengers Assemble. Like, yeah. I don't know, Mike, what do you think about that sound, the, the score stuff? Um, that is, yeah, that's different and it's staggering to think about because it makes you think about movies in a whole different way and how it's going to be awarded now. Um, yeah, that just blows my mind because it depends. Yeah. I, I, I actually don't mind if they use new music and like rescore. Like I understand you're talking about the, like the theme thing, but yeah, I would think like if it's a new, I mean, if it's a franchise film, you got to have a, a similar sounding song to the theme, at least, but, like, I, I keep, I think the go-to I think of is Mission Impossible. They oh, do, oh, yeah. the, the theme, they remix it and redo it each yeah. movie, in a way. Yeah. Um, fucking Christ 2 had freaking Limp Biscuit do their version of the Mission Impossible theme, but it's still the same. <laughs> it's still the same. So, as long as, I don't know if it counts, but if it's, like, it, Maybe they're counting if it's scored by the same composer or if it's they're willing to have the same thing but done by a different person for each if, film. I wonder if they mean literal it was recorded again. Like, because they record the Star Wars theme every time for a new movie. It's mm. not that they recorded it once in 77 and they've been using it ever since. Every time there's a new Star Wars movie, oh, yeah. they re-record the theme. I wonder if that counts or if it needs to be literally completely new composition and it has to be like because if that if it's if you can use the same composition and re-record it every time because like i think one of the things missing from the mcu to be honest is is the themes 
because yeah. the characters' themes change all the time. The only consistent one that we really have is the Avengers theme. Um, Spider-Man doesn't really have a consistent theme. Iron Man has had like three or four different themes. Yeah. Like, I mean, Iron Man's obviously gone at this point, but what? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but some of these characters have had like three or four different themes throughout their movies and their appearances. Like, Ant-Man has had two or three, and it's like, I think that's something that's missing from the MCU is a because every time you heard Kylo Ren's theme in the sequels, or any time you hear the Imperial March, like music is powerful in a movie you know it's 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 something that is so overlooked but it's such an important part of the filmmaking process and it's something that i overlook a lot too i i'm not as good at catching on to the music stuff i have to like watch a lot of breakdowns on the music stuff in movies because i miss a lot of it but like whenever you hear like ray's theme or you hear kylo ren's theme or like the emperor's theme like these themes are important and like Luke and Leia's theme, which yeah. only plays a handful of times in all nine movies. The music that plays when Luke reveals that they're siblings to her, like that music is only played like three times across nine movies. It's played in Return of the Jedi. It's played in The Last Jedi when they reunite. And I think it's played, I think it's played during Lando and Jonna's scene in nine, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. I think that the sequels and franchise part of that could be uh, a detriment to the movies. But I, it depends on what they mean by that. Because again, if they mean yeah. like re-recorded, like if you record it again, you're good. But if they mean completely new, 80% has to be completely new compositions. I, I feel like that Speaking of, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the, what, the Imperial March, wasn't it like seven they didn't play it once it was one of the newer one of the new probably sequel films i was like no, at, like it in seven it might have been eight i think it was eight i don't remember because i think they did like a like they all came together and like the whole cast like they sang it like themselves with like a whole oh. fancy thing yes. but i just remember yes, they were like yeah we eight. realized we didn't play the imperial imperial march once throughout this movie and i'm like you don't have to. really it's... yeah but i mean it's also kind of like you know it's like a signature thing okay. of star wars so there is a video that I linked, I think, in our Discord and also in this Discord, uh, which is a guy who's talking about the music in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, talks about, yeah uh-huh. I, I highly recommend watching it because it's really good music. Uh, it's a really good video. And he's talking about how music in Star Wars – I don't want to get too far into this because it's a whole right. thing. But music in Star Wars has always changed because they use it for different reasons, right? So right. um the Star Wars theme. Like, that's Luke's theme in episode four. You want to hear me do yeah. this fucking TIE Fighter, Brendan? Uh, oh, I've heard it I've heard it plenty of times. I don't want to hear it. So, that was Luke's theme, and you hear it in episode four when he's on Tatooine, but it plays in front of every movie now. Right? Almost every movie. Like, obviously, yeah. the spinoff, no. But every numbered movie, it starts and ends with... Dun, 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 dun. Like, it starts and ends with that music. So it's really not Luke's theme anymore. It's the Star Wars theme. The Force theme was Obi-Wan's theme in A New Hope. But whenever Obi-Wan showed up, they would play it. And whenever Obi-Wan showed up, we'd be dealing with some Force stuff, right? Because he was our the gateway to that world in the story. And over time, it stopped being Obi-Wan's music, and it started to just be, when you use the Force, this is what plays. And it right. became 
the force theme, right? Like music changes. Um, the Imperial March was just the Empire's music at first, but then it became Darth Vader because people associated it with Darth Vader, and then you only really started to hear it when something with Darth Vader was happening. Like when it plays in the prequels, it's whenever Anakin is doing something related to the dark side. Um, yeah. And the sequels in episode seven, it plays when uh, <clears throat> Kylo Ren is talking to Vader's mask. You hear a couple bars of the Imperial March. So it's it's this whole thing about they how even, music um, changes and stuff. In, they even in have it's a great video. Yeah, they even have like little subtle cues of it too in uh, Clone Wars as oh, well. Yeah. Whenever, here, whenever like Anakin it's like a slow, yeah. yeah, it's like a slowed down version, or you know, just that bit, and it's like because that even I even noticed that too. Like I was watching, and I was like, I was like, oh my god! I'm like, what? That yeah. that's the song. Whenever Anakin does something that kind of leans closer to the dark side, uh, yeah. they kind of play that. But I I highly recommend the video. I'm just gonna go ahead and try and um find the name of the video really quick so I can plug it on the podcast because we're talking about it. It's by Sideways, and it's Why the Music in the Rise of Skywalker Felt Empty. And I know the title might turn people off if you guys are fans of the Rise of Skywalker. Yes, it's a critique of the movie, but... You're does... fans of that movie? Uh, yes. <laughs> I am not one of them. Uh, but... Neither am I. <laughs> but, uh, it doesn't just talk about that. It, like I said, talks about the history of music in Star Wars and very much about how things change and how music, the meaning of certain themes changes over time. I, it's a very good video. I highly recommend it. Uh, back on track with the Oscars stuff. Uh, is there anything else you want to bring up about this, Mike? Did you at least want to talk about how the films that are going to be streaming are going to be yeah eligible. yeah 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 so um because okay because i was reading up on the uh, like the additional information about the rules and campaign regulations for the 93rd academy awards and uh it's fine i mean it's they're they're saying basically that if they previously planned theatrical release, but a initially made available on a cr- commercial streaming or VOD service may qualify in the best picture category. So it can be any movie that comes out from any major net, uh, companies. So that's fine. I mean, but then once the theaters do open up the movies that are coming out in theaters after the fact, will go back to the original rules. Do you think that this is really going to be one a one year thing, or do you think people are going to badger them into making this the new normal? See, and that's what I thought when I first heard the news this week. I was thinking this is the new normal. This is the future of the Academy Awards because, I mean, you have stream platforms such as Netflix, Prime Video, you know, now Disney Plus, you know, Hulu. They'll have that uh, eligibility to have those movies on their stream platforms, so oh, they'll Disney. be like, "I don't know if Disney Plus is going for an Academy Award anytime soon." Oh, with HBO their movies, Max, I'm sure they'll put something there, but probably, yeah, yeah. Well, something I've also, um, this is a sort of a trend I've noticed with Netflix too, is that they don't really seem to be. They seem to be moving more towards the directions of like binge worthy shows as opposed to movies, at least in my opinion. Like they still have like 
you know, big movie titles and stuff on the platform and whatnot, but it just seems like they're just more, it just seems like Netflix is just becoming more and more of like a, hey, we're just going to put out shows with lots of, you know, you know, binge worthy shows. So it's like, you know, we'll have, it's like, you know, they'll even like when The Witcher came out, instead of it like an episode a week at a time, it's just, here's the whole first season. Boom. And, you know, the episodes were like an hour, if not over a little over, or if not over a little hour long and whatnot. Um, but, I mean, that's just something I've kind of noticed with them. I, I know it's like, you know, I'm like you guys have been saying, there's dozens of streaming platforms now. But that's just something that's, I don't know, that's something that sort of caught my eye with um, with, Net, with Netflix recently. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Um, but uh, the thing is with the film, it's that the film must be available on the secure Academy Screening Room member-only streaming site within 60 days of the film's stream or VOD release. So it dep- doesn't matter what it is. It has to be available on their stream site to watch within a I month. Don't see, I, I don't see any streaming service have a, having a problem with that. No, no. I, I, I will say I, I noticed um, I, when I was looking through the list of rules and stuff, I did notice that they said that I think this is the last year they're going to be doing DVD screeners. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Hmm. That makes sense. Uh, they're going to be um, away from DVD th- screeners uh, after this year. Yeah. So, yes, okay. I, I just read that right now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, but here's the thing about what's happening now: theaters are not going to open up anytime soon. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, I think this is this is going to go on for quite a bit. Um, this. I think will be the new normal and this will be the future of the Academy Awards. I think because I, there's no, I, I no, so. I, it has to be. I mean, recognition. they do. Oh yeah. I mean, these awards do need recognition. I mean, these movies just, just they, they do because hard work needs to be paid off. I mean, we all, films. we all watched marriage story, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, maybe not Brenda, but what I meant is that on this show, um, Mike, Sarah and I, we all watched marriage story at some point. And like Marriage Story or uh, The Irishman, um, but like, and Netflix doesn't do a ton of movies a year. But the ones that they really want to go for nominations with, they really go for nominations with. You know what I mean? Like, they make like two yeah. a year, or maybe three a year. That they're like, these are our awards movies this year, and they're usually like really good. <laughs> to be frank. I, I think I thought Marriage Story and The Irishman are two of the best of two of the best movies that came out last year. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious how it's gonna be, uh, and I'm now I'm thinking even further, like because they do say they're gonna do the awards. What was it, February twenty first, twenty twenty one, or sometime next year? And so I'm thinking how the format's gonna be to broadcast that is it going to be the at-home version of the academy awards <laughs> oh i think by then oh february I think by... 20, 28th sorry yeah um, by then i oh, think i, mm, I think mm, an empty auditorium with no guests is possible okay um, unless you're I, can not see that. I can see that i mean i can imagine having you know select a members you know being i mean that's the thing because this we don't we don't know when this is going to lift that's the thing i know some states are doing a little bit early which 
<laughs> we'll see. Kills, how kills me because those people should stay at home still. God damn it. Um, but it is. And then it, it might last a year. It might last two years. We don't know how long this is going to last. And this news of the Academy Awards, you know, it's interesting. And uh, I, I mean, I would love to see how this award, who's going to be nominated and who's and how the format of the show is going to be who's gonna come be, next year. Who's going to release their movies? Like, is is Sonic the Hedgehog a best picture contender? Because nothing else comes out. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that movie deserves yes. every single award. Yes. We'll, we'll keep updating this yeah. situation. That movie As was goes along. amazing. Yes. And I'm also... I'm also really mad because somebody spoiled it for me too, and I was like, "Well, that's crazy." It wasn't me. Um, it wasn't me. Still an excellent this time. No, this time I'm yeah. usually very good about it. Uh, usually, it was the one time with a star is born, but oops, because I hadn't seen it yet, and Sean had mentioned it to me. You know, he's like, "Yeah, you gotta watch it." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it." And I was actually gonna watch it later that week, and my sister saw it. She was. You know, she really liked it. She really liked it. And she kept asking me. She's like, have you seen it yet? I was like, no. And she goes, all right, I won't say anything. I don't want to spoil it for you. And then Sean's just going on and on. He goes, and then just spoils it for me. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? And he goes, what? And I'm like, come on. Like, you just spoiled it for me. He's like, oh, come on. And I'm like, what? I'm usually very good about not spoiling things. Um, No, I will give you that. You are very good about it. I did fuck up once with The Star is Born. Uh, You still should watch it, though, because it's very good. Um, and I will say, no, and I will never I will let say you that, like, that. I think my my experience was enhanced because I didn't know how it was going to end. But apparently, that's how all of them end. So uh, I I know that there were people that have seen the other ones that were that like still really enjoyed it, even though they knew where what like what was coming. Um, so I hope that when you can eventually watch the it, one that came, uh, you'll still enjoy it. The one that came out with. Uh... Yeah, the one that came out, I think it was Barbara Streisand in it. My mom, yep, my mom and her mom went and saw that in the theaters. Mm -hmm. That's how long ago it's been. Uh, All right, that's we'll talk more about the academy stuff as it gets up. Yeah, really, you guys updated on that as they update us with that. That's actually we. I love the academies and I love to see what gets nominated. I think I'm. I feel like. It's not a large amount of people that love to watch the Oscars, but I really like watching the Oscars. So I, I, yeah. I, I, I like people getting the recognition. I think you know, Best Picture, uh, Parasite winning Best Picture this year was a massive moment, and I hope we can get another massive moment like that next year. But until then, there are two more stories before we get out of here that I want to hit on really quickly, and these are just like they're very quick stories. The first one uh, is a new live-action Transformers film has been set for a June 2022 release. Um, yes! Wait. What? 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 That's good. Uh, Hell yeah, wait. it's a new Transformers movie. We only got <laughs> it. Was, that, was that a joke? <laughs> okay. okay. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> that <was> really... <laughs> That was a really enthusiastic guess. Look, if it's a Bumblebee sequel, I can't wait. I don't no. think it is. Um, but but if it's a Bumblebee sequel, sign yeah. me all the way up. I didn't hear that at all. This is news to me, actually. It just I've, broke today. Uh, the rap reported on it at 10 o'clock this morning. I've heard a different Transformers news 
this week. Uh, about the animated prequel? Yes, that's yes. the one so, I've heard. Yeah, so Josh Corley, the winner uh, winner of the Oscar for Best Animated Film for Toy Story 4, is going to direct an untitled animated Transformers prequel yes. with a script written by Ant-Man and the Wasp scribes Andrew Bearer and Gabriel Ferrari. Uh, Hasbro's yeah. entertainment Ooh, nice. studio, E1, will develop and produce the film along with Paramount Animation. I'm excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping it's something kind of in the vein of the original animated Transformers movie. Um, but I, I know it's a prequel, so it'll probably be set on Cybertron. Yes, I, I think Cybertron and the animation is the way to do Cybertron because it's uh-huh. really weird. They they showed it a little bit at the beginning of Bumblebee, and it was really yep. cool to see it in Bumblebee. But I think if you're gonna do a full movie, animation is the way to do it. Very excited about that. Now, um, there is an untitled live action one. They that's the one that has the release date, June twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. I. I I don't know, man. I don't. I'm. They've got. They're one for what? Six for me. Uh, in terms of like good Transformers movies. Uh, I did not like any of the Michael Bay ones. I think there are some of the Michael Bay ones that are better than others. How dare you? I think that the first one and the third one are the closest to being decent movies. But beyond that, um, I've seen all of them except yeah. for the last night. Yes, you don't have to. It's not a good movie. I have seen the first um, you should two, watch and three, that's it. Three's okay. Uh, well, all of them, I think, are not good. I'm a Transformers fan. Um, Bumblebee was much more of the thing that I like about Transformers, and I like in Transformers. I was, I was a much bigger fan of Bumblebee than I was for any of the Michael Bay animated Transformers movies. Uh, yeah, I, I I I hope that um, I hope I hope that whatever comes out is good. I I it's being there because there are two live action Transformers projects in development. We don't know which one of these is the date that was listed, but Jordan Harold, right. who wrote Army of the Dead, which is the new Zack Snyder movie that's coming out, is writing one of them. And James Vanderbilt, who wrote Zodiac, oh boy, wrote the other one. Oh. So like, there's a bunch of diff, like, you know. <laughs> Wait, is the is Zodiac the one? Is that the one about the Zodiac killer with Robert Downey Jr.? Yes. I never saw that. I heard it was really yes. Okay. Yes. Is that the one with him? No more um, yeah. I think. Am I Garofalo? Who? Yeah, my Garofalo Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I guess I always go move. for the most familiar one. Uh, I my favorite performance of his really off track is in Begin Again. You guys excited for a new Transformers movie? It, it depends. I'll, I'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think that's need more details. I yeah. I mean, I was I mean I liked when the first one came out way back when I I went and I saw it. You know, I really liked it mainly just because you I mean yeah. as you know, Sean. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a car guy. You know and you know the car that he transforms into it's a 70s camaro it's one of my favorite gens of the camaro or like a brief moment but then that's but it was also really cool just because of the fact that that was back and then that was when chevy released the newer model of the camaro because they actually tried to release that exact same model back in 2006 but nobody liked it they're like oh this sucks so they're like you know what we're gonna redo it and put it in transformers and everyone loved it Oh yeah, and I actually got to see the exact one that they used in that movie. Uh, yeah, I went to a car show in Pennsylvania, and they had it there on display. It was pretty cool. It it, I just 
I feel like the Michael Bay movies were advertisements for cars, and I was not a big fan of that personally. Well, yeah, and what's kind of funny too is that um, one of them turns into like this Saturn, uh, like sports car, and then it was also kind of just a little ironic because like a couple years after that movie, that's when Saturn went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, um, and, and you know, I think that was kind of like, I guess, like a big appeal of that movie was like all the flashy cars and everything and whatnot. I mean, you know, you know, the typical Michael Bay theatrics of just large explosions. So. Yeah, and half naked women, and there you go. Yeah, a Michael Bay movie. Uh, the, the real way to win news. America's heart. Yeah, the other bit of news: a new GI Joe movie is in the works. This is something that I cautiously not excited for but also want it to be good i really like gi joe i don't know if gi joe you can possibly do well because it's let's be real it's probably i really hope that they do well because i love gi joe so a snake eyes movie. There is a new yeah, snake eyes gi joe origins i'm already boycotting that film <laughs> Why? Because they don't have Ray Park in it, oh, and you know they're just like totally screwing my boy over. You know, it's like disrespect. But Henry Golding, yeah, he's a good actor. I love Henry Golding. Yeah, uh, I, I I gotta see him in some stuff because that movie that just came out recently, uh, The Gentleman. I wanted to mainly see yeah. that just because it had a really interesting cast. And I mean, you have what uh-huh. Matthew McConaughey, Charlie. Uh-huh. I don't know how to say his last name. Um, Hunnam. Not Hunnam. Hunnam. Dunham. Lena yes. Dunham. Lena Dunham. There's also Jeff Dunham, Lena the Vincent Twist. Jeff um, Dunham, yes, okay. Great guy. I'm an idiot. And also uh yes. Hugh Grant is in that movie as well. Um I wanted to see it just because it looked really good. Never saw it. I still haven't seen it either. I thought it looked kind of cool. Uh but yes, yeah, so the Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins comes out October twenty third for now of this as year. Uh, we'll see. Uh Robert uh Shentwick I Shent I I can't say his last name S C H W E N T K E um he directed the picture it stars Henry Golding as Snake Eyes and I guess we're getting another follow up to that that's already in development it's a fourth GI Joe movie it's untitled uh the writing team of Joe Shrapnel and Anna Waterhouse who I'm actually not very familiar with uh, I'm I need to look these people up. Joe Shrapnel is uh, he's on IMDb. He is known for uh a bunch of stuff in pre-production. Oh, he he wrote an early screenplay for Live Die Repeat and Repeat, mm-hmm. the uh, Edge of Tomorrow sequel. Did that but, ever I come mean, out? Uh not yet. It's still in pre-production. Because I saw Edge of Tomorrow. I actually went and saw that in theaters and I actually really, I really liked that movie. It was really really good. Um yeah. I I thought it was really cool. Um, oh, and I yeah. So they're a writing team. They've done a lot of the same stuff together. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I hope it's good because I like GI Joe. I hope that they can crack the formula, but I'm yeah. not sure. If and because I don't think any of those first two or either of those first two live action GI Joe movies were. I mean, good, they already. I mean, this new wave of GI Joe's already ruined. No more Ray Park as Snake Eyes. If they don't have Dennis Quaid oh in the new one, then you might as well just scrap the whole thing. Come on. All right, that's all we've got for well, you guys. Well, no, not that anybody oh. cares besides myself. Uh, but 
John Wick 4 being delayed to 2022? Yeah, yeah. I mean, John Wick, I saw the first Watch one. Watch the other two, Sean. God damn it. it. Get to it. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, but I, it took me over a year to get him to I've watch the to first the one. Thing. It's going to take me about, and it's, it's it's take me about another three to get him to watch the second one. And so by the time John Wick 20 is out, he'll probably be like, yeah, I just watched John Wick 3 last night. It was okay. And I'll be like, oh, you good. You only have 16 more to watch. You know, come on. <laughs> It got pushed back because they have to finish Matrix 4 first, and yes. they're not going to have time to finish John Wick 4 before that release date. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. It's gonna and be then, okay. actually, th- there's a... Uh, is all that we have. Oh Disney God. just announced that they're doing a live-action Hercules, with the Russo Brothers producing. Yes, yes and the Russo Brothers are producing. Yeah, but that's We don't good. know anything besides that. That should be interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I mean, and the Russo brothers tweeted about mm-hmm. it, and they pretty much confirmed it. Yeah. So, we'll see. I, I, I like them. Uh, yeah. I'd rather they directed it, to be honest. But if they want to produce it, good on them. Anything else to interrupt my ending with? Well, I was just going to actually say I was probably going to watch the new Chris Hemsworth uh, movie. Extraction. Extraction. Tomorrow, okay. I heard it's really, really good. Okay, cool. I've heard that it's. Eh. Yeah, uh, I like Triple Frontier, so if it's I need to watch Triple that. Frontier, I heard I saw yeah, the one. I thought Triple Frontier was pretty good. I liked yeah. that. So I'm hoping if Extraction's anything like that, I'll enjoy it. And, but uh, you know, you know me, I'm a sucker for action flicks, yes, so you know. Yes. 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 Um, the best genre. Anybody else want to interrupt me? And then uh, there's <laughs> actually LeBron James just teased the new logo for the upcoming Space Jam movie and called Space Jam a New Legacy. <sighs> Cool. I already don't Space like Jam. LeBron James. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I love Space Jam. Anybody Space Jam's else? great. But we don't need another one. <laughs> yes, we do. And did you, you know what? Even though the new legacy is, do, it's Warner Brothers. So they're doing all the Warner Brothers characters. So uh, Pennywise oh, is going to be in it. The Mask. Um, all Looney Tunes <laughs> characters. It's going to be great. Guys? going to have Jim Carrey come in again to reprise his role as the mask. If Jim Carrey comes back to play the mask, I'll watch the movie. Pennywise. And then a, a fat old Bill Murray will come back in again to you know, be like, <laughs> you need a hand or whatever that horrible line is from the original movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, that's all I got. Right. Anything else you guys want to interrupt me with? No? I'm good. All right. Well, I'm going to start the exit. But one last and thing. You guys are gonna... okay, yeah. No, no Mike, no, we're going to find you on Twitter. Um, oh, actually, Sean, I forgot to tell you, there's a thing about uh, Disney Plus I didn't even mention. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned uh, Disney Plus is being so successful that they're actually shutting down Disney channels across the, uh, well, the globe. Okay. Um. <laughs> I have not seen any other like. I, I I haven't seen anybody else report on that besides uh, the one source that you yeah that you linked. So I'm gonna say yes, I saw that. I I want to wait until we hear more about it before we talk about it too much. Because I hate you, Disney Plus. Why would you cancel these these channels? People need to. Let's wait until we know what's happening. 
Let's wait until we know what's happening because there's been like one report of it. None of the major trades have picked it up yet. I want to, we'll, we'll wait and see what goes on. We'll see. If it happens, it's major. Like, oh, yeah. It is. I, I am excited though but, for that new Zack Snyder movie so that way we can have another whole Zack Snyder uh, release a Snyder Cut debate <laughs> come out and we can continue dredging that up for years to come. Mike, where can the fuckers find you? Don't call the viewers that. That's very rude and pretentious. I love the viewers. You guys are just driving me crazy. Right They're now. not viewers or listeners, goddammit. All right, you know um, what, Mike? I'm, you're going to lose your plug, right? Your permission. All right. People can follow me on social media. My Fine. personal account. <laughs> Damn it. On my social media accounts, including my personal accounts at Mike Mixtape, which is Mike M-I-X-T-A-P-E at I retweet and post a lot about movies and shit like that. I'm working on a bunch of projects, uh, including my own podcast network. I will get, get you guys updated. I keep it saying this for two weeks, but it's coming this month. I promise you that. Um, John and I do a Power Rangers podcast called Into the Grid. Uh, you can follow that on Twitter at Go Into the Grid. You can listen to us talk about Lightspeed Rescue right now uh, on anchor.fm forward slash Into the Grid. Uh, it's also on plenty other platforms such as Apple and Spotify. Just, just like for example, if you listen to those on there, and sh- Tyler, our mutual friend Tyler, uh, is doing a podcast with me called Ride or Die as we talk about Common Rider, and we're doing Common Rider W. Uh, check that on Twitter at Common Rider Podcast on Twitter. Follow him. Tw- uh, Tyler's doing a bang up job between about Common Rider and everything else in between. Uh, if you want to listen to it, it's anchor.fm forward slash writer hyphen. There's a dash in between. Die. Because if you don't put that space in, it's going to take you to a blank page, which nothing has it. So make sure that, that hyphen's in the title. Um, because Tyler put a fucking space in the title just to make it fucking... It's like, <laughs> why would you do that, goddammit, Tyler? <laughs> Fuck all. <laughs> so I, we have to keep saying that every time we promote the goddamn show page. Damn it, Tyler. <laughs> Fuck all. And yes, that's about it. Brendan, where can the listeners find you? Absolutely nowhere. There is somewhere they can find you. You gotta learn how to plug. There I, is one if place you want to follow my super inactive Twitter where I have a horrific... That's not what I was talking about, but continue. Really? Then where? There is another show. <coughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm new to this, so you have to bear with me. Um, I am on the Game Over screen with Sean and Tyler. It's a new, new, new gig we've been doing. You know, um, so I am on that. So you can find find me there. Hear my sporadic thoughts there. Um, as far as social media goes, I'm not like super active on social media basically a boomer um <laughs> come on get with like the time man i know i was gonna say if you really want to follow my really inactive twitter it's zodiac underscore uh 70 all lowercase you can follow me there i guess um yeah awesome you guys can follow me on twitter at sean underscore afk you guys can catch me out as always like i like mike just said yeah like mike just said into the grid go check that out like brennan just said uh, game over screen on this podcast feed. I also host through the port key on this podcast feed, which is a Harry Potter review show that is very fun, and we're almost done with it. We got two episodes left to record, and we're doing and the Hunger Games next. 
you guys are doing the Hunger Games, and you don't sound so <laughs> you don't um, sound too excited about that, Sean. <laughs> hey, I'll I'll watch it. You guys said it on the podcast, and it's out there now, Mike. I and I'm gonna say I'm gonna respond. It's on the podcast for the record. It's on the record. I will watch the Hunger Games if I don't have to host and edit the show. Somebody else does that, I'll be on the show. But I'm not hosting another review show anytime soon. Um, <laughs> besides those things, you guys can check me out watching the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody with uh, Tyler. Uh, that is at Trouble at the. Uh, hang on. Trouble I'm at Tipton because I, it couldn't put the ball in the fucking Tipton, title. Yes. Thank you. Um, I don't look. <laughs> it's a lot. All right. At Trouble at Tipton on Twitter. Uh, we're hosting on Anchor. And it's really cool. You guys should check it out. We're having a lot of fun with it. As for this feed, you guys can find this show and others on the Merc with a Movie Blog podcast feed, which can be located on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public, Breaker, and Overcast. You guys can also follow Merc with a Movie Blog on Twitter with at Merc. So, as always, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the next episode of Beyond the Screen. See ya. Bye. Bye.